My name is Lisa Nicole, singer, songwriter, creator, realtor, lover of my cats and hiking, and well, I couldn't be here without coffee, and I am your host of the Wild Hearts Podcast. Season two brings deep, heartfelt stories, inspiration, and education from guests based here in BC. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you kindly for listening. Now let's get to the show. I am loving bringing a local Kootenai twist to my podcast lately. It's super cool to have people reach out and connect. Our guest today had actually listened to the podcast I did with my mom and was so inspired that she reached out with the courage of wanting to share her story. And we all know how growing up in a small town can be. Word travels fast and sometimes not the right words. The truth, like anywhere, can get misconstrued and turned into gossip that now has you feeling like you have to defend yourself. And it can be scary to come forward, fear of being judged, people not believing you, fear you'll be ridiculed or attacked. When Alex reached out, I was honored that she wanted to use my platform to tell her story. These are the reasons I'm doing this, to inspire people. And if someone feels comfortable to come into my home with me and do these podcasts and speak out on uncomfortable hard subjects, I'm honored. And so here's a little backstory on Alex. I I know her because I leased her mama's horse, Sage. And so I would see her on the property most days I was out riding. And she has always just been the sweetest. I won't get into too much about Alex because I'd like to let her tell her story. But I do want to put a small content warning out there as we will be talking about sexual violence, rape, assault, and PTSD And this is her story upon being a rape and assault survivor and how she now has the courage to speak out about it. Without further ado, welcome Alex. So thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, like I said in my intro, I'm so honored that you feel comfortable and safe to be with me here. And I didn't go into too much detail about your story. So why don't you tell everybody a bit about yourself and your experience? Well, so firstly, thank you for having me and for, you know, giving me some of your platform to share my story. I really never thought that I'd be comfortable, you know, sharing it with five people, let alone, gosh knows how many is out there, right? But I, yeah, basically, thank you very much. Yes. Um, I'm 20 year, 22 years old. I was born in Trail, BC. I grew up on a farm. Yeah. I've been on a farm since I was a toddler, really. And I've had yeah. horses and chickens oh, and dogs jealous. and all of these rescue animals that just keep showing Aww. up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been really, really, really great. Grew up riding lots of horses. Mm-hmm. I was in the local 4-H club. Jealous again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a treat. I played hockey. I had dirt bikes growing up. Mm-hmm. I really was like the jack of all trades. I mm-hmm. wanted to try everything. I figure skated when I was a kid for almost eight years, and then I switched over to hockey. Yeah. Because it is that kind of town where if you don't try hockey and you're a skater, I think right. you might regret it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I was all over the place. So I was a farm assistant for my mom's youth program. Uh-huh. She started it for youth and youth at risk and working with horses um so I eventually became a program assistant and Mm -hmm. I developed a passion for working with special needs okay of all sorts right yeah I taught swimming lessons I I, yeah I sang at all the hockey games growing up oh yeah it was, I didn't know that. Yes. I was trained classically. Okay. And, oh, my God. <laughs> no. What else? I played piano. I, yeah. I did that for 15 years. Wow. I yeah. learned to sing in three different languages. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy stuff. Yeah. I volunteered, and I went and sung at most of the old folks' homes, so uh-huh. people just knew who I was. Yeah. No matter what. Right. Yeah. It was 
very eventful growing up. I kind of felt like a little bit of a celebrity. Yeah. I hope that doesn't sound like bragging, but I just, I was all over the place. Right. Small town, right? Everybody knows who you are. And they know my family. Right. So it was a lot going on. The short of it and kind of why I'm here today is to talk about, you know, my story and, you know, what's going on. I was diagnosed when I was younger with ADHD and an mm-hmm. anxiety disorder, okay. also with PTSD. Yeah. And I've been sexually assaulted twice in my 22 years. Holy. Yeah. That's Crazy. Not for the lighthearted, that's for sure. No. <laughs> and upon some research that I found, um, I like to throw some stats into our podcast. So overall, it's usually between one in four women will experience sexual assault. Men are a little less frequent. And, of course, the LGBTQ community, they experience one in four of some form of sexual assault. And so those rates are pretty high when you think one in four. Very high. And I find myself, I don't ever think it will happen to me. You know, I'm sure you felt the same way. I never thought it would. And especially in a small town. So when we hear the stories like this from sexual assault survivors, it's the small amount that decide to talk. And so what were the barriers for you not coming forward so many years ago and what I mean what even age was that one? Oh, uh, I was 16 okay well yeah, yeah it was my first sexual experience and it was crazy I yeah. I mean now upon years of therapy and lots of things yeah. I think that it's more like one in three because oh. I think a lot of people don't understand that they had a choice right and that right. something may have been taken from them right. or Maybe it was guilted into it or, you know, situations like that where I think lots of women come out of it and they're maybe more confused. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot of women. And as I get older, it's more and more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was 16. It was shortly after my 16th birthday. Yeah. And it, it was a, a guy that I was very familiar with. I yeah. played hockey and a bunch. Yeah. I'd just known him for a very long time in my social group Mm -hmm. I trusted him I'm sure totally yeah it was really weird I my trauma response was to freeze right so after the the events happened I remember you know saying no and I remember how my body felt and I remember trying to use my words but I'm not I'm not a fighter so when I froze I froze and I just refused to think about it oh yeah it took months really of downsliding and just I wasn't well I I didn't think anything about it I threw it in the back and I was just like I'm not gonna think about this right I refuse and did you tell anyone like when it happened or right after or did you wait or I people knew that it had happened because unfortunately it was at a house party and it ended up um people knew it oh really but they didn't know what, you know. As they probably as, just thought it was just a hookup. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, right. And right. I played it off because I was Aww. not going to tell anybody. Aww. So, yeah. And I, I tried to reach out for some help after, but yeah. I didn't want to, like, tell anybody here. Aww. So I called some helplines and I didn't get yeah. help. Of oh, course. really? Yeah. Oh, no. So I, sh- I, shut, I shut down. Aww. And um, I ended up dating a way older guy, like six years older. Okay. And, and he, yeah, when you were like 16 yeah. or 17 yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Introduced him to my parents, the whole nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he he asked me one day, 
what my previous sexual experiences were. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. And I told him the story. Right. And he reached over and he grabbed my hand and he was like, you know, that's rape, right? And just hearing that word was like, (coughs) no, it wasn't. Right. No. And he was like, tell me again. So I told him. Right. And he was like, no, that's rape. And he brought up this video on YouTube. It's, um, I think it's called Cup of Tea. Okay. And it explains consent as, you know, just using a cup of tea. Really unique video, but he made me watch it. Yeah. And I watched it, and I was floored. Oh, I, my God. Like, I, I, it was like it all just came rushing in, and I was like, holy, I, that actually did happen. Yeah, because when you're, you're young, you're just still, like, kind of learning who you are, and you're exploring, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're even unsure of your sense of self, and yeah gosh yeah and I, I I mean I was I tried so hard to be in this popular group and mm-hmm. have all these friends and I, mm-hmm. I never really had a place where I was fitting in so I yeah. think part of the reason why I just shoved it away was like oh I I can't bring this up to any of them I'll be lonely yeah and friendless and Aww. nobody will like me nobody will, will believe me oh so yeah I, I shut up yeah. For a very long time, nine months before I told really anybody that would be able to offer me any sort of help. Aw. Yeah. And so even like your parents? Or? No, my parents knew something had happened because okay. I, was, I really wasn't well mentally. Um, they So they knew something had happened. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who it was. Right. And they didn't know what it was. Yeah. And so they had offered like a few times, you know, like, why don't you go talk to somebody? No. Why don't you go talk to your auntie? No. Right. I just I refused. Mm-hmm. I was so terrified of what people would think or Aww. what they like what they would think of him. I wanted to initially protect his reputation. Wow. I wanted to protect what his parents thought of me. Oh, geez. And all of my friends who are also yeah. his mutual friends. And but what again, when you're that young, you're like not really sure what just happened. So you're not really sure if it was wrong. I feel like a lot of when you're younger, you think, oh, it, you know, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I put myself in that position. And that's immediately where it went, is I yeah. put all of the blame on myself. Yeah. I took, I, and it's, it's hard to talk about because I was so terrible to myself. And I yeah. was 16 years old. Uh-huh. I was terrified, mm-hmm. and I was mad at myself that I ended up in the position. I was mad I didn't do other things to try and help myself. Yeah. I never wanted anybody to know. Right. Because I thought it was going to do way more damage to me than anything. So you're still living in a small town where this happened. Mm -hmm. By small, you guys, I mean, like, our town is less than 10,000 people. Have you ever ran into him? Yes. Yeah? Okay. I was going to say, what would you do if you did? But you did, so... I did for a long time. I mean, that's how close it was. And so part of the reason why I refused to say anything was because I constantly was seeing him. I was seeing him out. I was seeing him with my friends. He ended up dating Uh, one of my friends. What do you do with that? Did you even talk to him about it? No. No. Oh, no. I tried. I one time, I tried to defend myself in a situation, and I ended up apologizing and leaving. I started online classes after this. Like therapy online? No, online school. Oh, okay. I didn't go back to public school until my grade 12 year, because I was just... Scared. And I was losing it, really. I was sad. I was not wanting to be here. Yeah. I felt like I didn't have any friends who I could actually tell. Mm. And I hated myself. And I was just internalizing everything, right? Yeah. So it was very hard. You still see him now? 
Not right now. Okay. But around enough. Yeah. It's only been recently where I will just not put myself in a situation and I've been very open with, I will not go if he is there. Oh, yeah. I refuse. Of course. course. Now that I'm open and talking about it. Some of your friends know, I'm sure. Most of them. Your good friends, probably. I think it was a huge adjustment period and still probably is because I dealt with it so long that he got off so scot-free. Yeah. It was very tough because they are friends with him as well. Mm-hmm. So I I dropped off the face of the earth, Aww. as one person said, and just stopped going out. I stopped going to school. I stopped going to work. I stopped singing. I stopped Aww. it all. So I just, just shut down. Aww. Yeah. I can count on, count on, count on you. I wanted to take a moment to thank you so much for listening to my podcast and also share with you that my new album, Where Wild Hearts Beat, is out now and it features my newest single, Gypsy Girl. girl, Also, do your thing, count on you, and wait on me. Plus, there are three tracks you haven't heard. You can stream it now on all platforms and find me on Instagram at Lisa Nicole Music. Thank you kindly. Let's get back to the show. Okay, we had to pause there. <laughs> okay, what did you say? <laughs> I got so frustrated just in the last couple years that nobody knew what I was actually dealing with. Yeah. And what had actually harmed me to the point of changing my fucking life. Yeah. Pardon my French. That... I wanted to be like that vigilante that just started to go out there and write stuff all over the place. But obviously, I didn't handle it like that. But I didn't. Yeah. So I wanted to use my voice. Yeah. No, that's so... To come forward, who knows what else has happened with this young Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And if there are others, it's a terrifying process. And I'm sure it's just been really hard for you. Yeah. And uh, it's raised a lot of awareness about Alex. About who I am. Yeah. And I've learned so much about myself. And I was kind of forced to go to therapy early. Right. And that's been life-changing. So what do you think, going through this whole thing, what do you think is important for people to learn from this, from you going through it? Taking so much time to come forward. and It's a tiny little town. And being, you know, somebody that knows so many people still, I'm very bubbly and energetically, Mm -hmm. I want to please and help and all yeah. of this stuff. But it's so hard to feel like you can come forward with things like this when people know who you are. Uh-huh. Or they think they know who you are. Right. I wanted to protect people so bad that I didn't protect myself and I took all of the load. Yeah. Which, that logic is flawed. Because in the end, protecting myself m- meant challenging that hard stuff and kind of like theoretically punching it in the face and saying, yeah. okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I got to say this. I got to talk about it repetitively. Right. I got to go through all this therapy and just yeah. dissect it. Right. And tell my parents. Yeah. Talk to my parents about the most craziest stuff that you would never even want to talk to your mom and your dad about. Right. We actually, you said that there was a second. Mm-hmm. How does that happen to one person? That's what's crazy. Well, and I thought the same you know? thing, right? Is it happened once before and yeah. something was just so brutally taken from me that I let it happen again. Aww. That's the language I went in with. And realistically, I didn't let anything happen. Mm-hmm. People shouldn't be taking things or 
touching you without no, your consent. God, no. And I think I have a brutal understanding of what consent is okay. and what boundaries are. Yeah. Even with my boyfriend, I am. Um, if I set a boundary, I will not change my mind because yeah. that's my boundary and that's where I want to stay. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with that and nobody can change my mind about mm. things because it's set in stone. Some people don't even really know what boundaries are. Did <sighs> you know that? I know. I learned about them actually in the, fir- in the last year as well. It's crazy. And I, I think I, I grew up with a mom who wanted to teach me these things. Yeah. And I don't think she ever thought that I would be in a position like this. Right. And that was really hard for her. And uh-huh. my parents were very, I wouldn't go strict, but I would go semi-strict. <laughs> yeah. That when I first told them, they wanted to just bl- blockade me in. Oh, yeah. And I was now nine months hiding this secret. Right. Ready to start getting my life back. Uh-huh. And they were like, no, no, no we got to protect you we didn't get to do it before we have to do it now yeah and that's when I kind of kicked in and I was like well I guess this is a me thing you know I guess I gotta I gotta figure out what's going on and I gotta help myself Mm -hmm. process this and so what age were you the second time I was 21 okay so a couple years ago yeah yeah Yeah. and it was um an older man Uh on the job and you know when you've been when you've been raped or when you've been sexually assaulted you carry a lot with you and you obviously don't you don't want it to happen again and I think maybe there's different ways how people react to that there's the don't you dare touch me I will do anything in my power there's the sit quiet and freeze and process Mm -hmm. or there's the really harsh boundaries that one can set yeah and I went again with freeze I didn't enjoy setting boundaries because I thought people wouldn't respect them right because like, what kind of boundaries? So if you could tell yourself then what boundaries you would have set for yourself, what would they have been? Well, I'm so playful and I'm so bubbly and I'm, I'm, yeah. I really try and be very kind. And with that personality and that energy comes people wanting to tell you things or people just wanting to kind of push your buttons. Right. And, you know, carry that funny, comedic, playful stuff with you mm-hmm. and do that with you. Right. But I'm a, such a people pleaser that I couldn't be like, no, I don't want you to hug me today. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not really feeling like I want to hug. That, yeah. And I it, encountered that just the other day. And I had to be like, put my arms up and be like, I, I just, I just want my space right now. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want you to hug me. And that person got so offended to the point where later that night I apologized to them. Isn't that crazy? And I've done the I same thought thing. I hurt their feelings. And I'm exactly I'm like, I just, you're just too much in my bubble. You're in my space. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't. And I remember reading an article about a young girl and a young mom and this young girl visiting her grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she said, no, grandpa, I don't want to hug. I don't want, I don't want you to kiss me on the cheek today. And hey, grandpa goes, oh, come on. Like you got to come on. And mom comes in and says, no. She set a boundary. Yeah. And just because you're her family right. doesn't mean that you can cross over and break yeah. down her boundaries. It is her body. And if she doesn't want that, she yeah. is allowed to say it. And you yeah. should learn to respect that. Yeah. So it starts that young, right? My grandparents are French Canadian. Yeah. I grew up with them kissing my cheeks and uh-huh. grabbing my face. And so I was always just... Uh, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, wow. I had this like uncle-like figure. That was always just like, oh, come here, baby girl. And you, yeah, kiss my cheeks and give me big, big, squishy hugs. Yeah. And I always felt so uncomfortable. Always. And I think that's where it starts. But I never said anything. And I never was like, I I guess I probably didn't really understand Mm -hmm. why 
I felt uncomfortable or that I was allowed to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So as a little girl, you're not taught this, but it's kind of expected, you know, Mm -hmm. your family. Yeah. So I grew up like that and then it kind of carries on. There's a friend of yours. And then like you just told me, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel so bad for denying them something that they want because maybe you're a people pleaser like I am. You go then and apologize Mm -hmm. and then you take that blame on yourself. Yeah. And I did that in a huge scale. Yeah. Right. And so it definitely led into when I was assaulted again, again, scared of saying no, because I just want to please. That's where it can go sideways. Mm -hmm. Being that strong woman with the boundaries, I guess I'll have to fake it till I make it because. (laughs) Yeah. That really is it's the hard. only way. Yeah. It's, it's hard when you're like soft and yeah. so kind. And, and you feel really guilty. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. And I hope one day if I have kids or get yeah. the opportunity to, that I can instill in that early on. Mm-hmm. Your body is your body. Mm-hmm. If you don't want somebody to touch you, you are allowed to say no. Mm-hmm. And they should respect that. Yeah. Like I want that drilled in there young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, we have to teach our kids to have those boundaries with people and to respect them. And I think a lot of people don't even think that far. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm here is how many people really understand what consent means. Yeah. Well, what would you say is consent? Can I swear? Yeah. You're looking for a fuck yes. (laughs) Like if you're in a situation and things are getting heated, you're looking for an immediate sign that says, fuck yes. And if you don't get that, it's a fuck no. Right. Immediately. Yeah. Right? And if you have to hear it, (laughs) (laughs) you have to hear and like actually have that conversation. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And if you get like, oh, I don't know, or no answer, or not tonight, it's a fuck no. And it's that line in the sand. You do not get to push it. You do not get to make them change their mind. You do not get to like guilt them into it. You get a line and okay, that's fine. Exactly. No problem. But it doesn't work like that. And that's what drives me freaking crazy. And then you throw alcohol into the mix or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I recently, I, I went to a little event last weekend and there was a consent ambassador there. And she came up to almost everybody that I saw and said, do you know what consent means? Yeah. And I was like, yep, (laughs) I do. And she said, you're looking for a fuck yes. And I was like, Uh that's what I say. (laughs) But again, it it took me a long time to realize. Yeah. I think consent needs to be taught Uh, early. For sure. And I went to Catholic school when I was a kid. So like no touching, like nothing. And I think when you avoid having those hard conversations, Mm -hmm. it's, instilling this yeah. odd idea that it has to be yeah. accepted and gosh being a parent like oh that's scary terrifying right? you <laughs> you want to teach your children so much and oh gosh you never want to feel bad for later on when you're like oh shoot i didn't teach them that well and i think it. a lot of it is the parents responsibility but also school teachers yeah. you have the dare talks like do you remember those yeah yeah or drinking and driving yeah right but if it's one in three or one in four women, isn't that something that you need to be talking yeah. about in school? Maybe if I had a presentation yeah. at this time when I was in school, I would have yeah. realized what was happening. Yeah. And I would have realized what had happened to me sooner. Mm-hmm. And so many girls are probably in similar boats where mm-hmm. they don't even realize that it had happened. Yeah. You know, oh, I passed out. I got mm-hmm. way too drunk and I woke up next to so-and-so. 
Yeah. Oh, well, you didn't consent to that. Right. That's Sorry, that's yeah. not consent. And then, of course, I think it comes down to everyone's always trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you yeah. You know, with that social peer pressure, and we all fall into it. All I wanted to be was a cool kid or in yeah. the cool crowd, and yeah. I never had a really place that I definitely fit, fit in. Me neither. So I just <laughs> tried really hard. I think that made it worse, right? Because yeah. I was just still, I just wanted them to accept me. Yeah. I didn't think they'd believe me, and yeah. some of them didn't. So I just shut up about it because yeah. I knew that if I pushed the truth out there, people wouldn't accept me. Yeah. And how crazy is that, yeah. that I just wanted to fit in that bad. I know. It's so sad that you just like don't, you don't feel like you can just be yourself. No. And I didn't know who that was then. No. But now my reality from who I was when I was 16, 17, it brings so much. Like I did EMDR therapy like it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy basically is like taking something out of this urgent file in your brain okay dissecting it reading it over and over again talking about it and then putting it back to the file box okay by like almost like hypnosis where your your eyeballs and your and your retinas are following Mm -hmm. and you're just processing this stuff painfully slow So while other people were going out and partying or playing sports still, I was going to therapy like twice a week to talk about how I was raped. I had to grow up fast. And I did. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for that because I can have these conversations and talk to plethora of people when I got your message I was like, <laughs> if you want to talk about it like when this happened I focused on music all my life yeah right? I love music it was the escape for everything yeah but I because I wasn't using my voice I shut up Aww. and I didn't use that either and I still have a really hard time because I feel so vulnerable yeah. and I'm I'm just I'm stage fry I have an anxiety disorder right yeah I have these <gasps> that mm. I just can't even just talking to you about it yeah. That's where it's comfortable, right? But like I yeah. I lost a lot and yeah. I carry a lot that yeah. I'll never forget. Yeah. But I'm um, moving forward. So it's good. Yeah. And so speaking on moving forward and recovering from something like this as you've just been talking about, it took you was it nine years, did you say? Um so I was sixteen, so seven years. <laughs> I had to count on my fingers, not gonna lie. <laughs> it's okay, I would have too. <laughs> but how are you feeling about the future now? I'm feeling good. I mean, it took me a really long time to feel like I had something worth going forward. I didn't ever really want to die. I wanted things to be way easier. Right. I wanted to fly away like Wendy and Peter Pan out, out of out of Wendy's window yeah. and just escape for a while and leave it. Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want the consequences of yeah. like hurting more people. Uh. I had to deal with it and I did. Yeah, but good. for future, it feels good because... I'm making positive steps for my mental health and I'm picking me. Yeah. Actively trying to choose me over even the simplest things and taking time to stop and be like, okay, what do I really want out of this? Therapy helps. And I still go to therapy and I will probably go to therapy for ever. ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just having somebody to just talk to and rant to and throw all of this nasty or crazy or however you feel that day it's just out there on the table and it's being talked about yeah it's nice but future me I want to be an advocate I want to be that person that people think about maybe like oh I knew this girl Alex in my town and I didn't know this happened to her but like all of a sudden out she came and maybe I'll speak in schools one day I'd like to do that I'd love to go in and be like hey guys 
how's it going i'm alex and here's my story to tell you raise some awareness yeah because there's only so much not talking about it that you can do before it's like okay this is not talking about it basically made me feel like i was supposed to be embarrassed of what happened yeah now i want to go out there i want to talk to boys and girls and every community that i can and tell them you know consent is something that you practice your whole entire life yeah from when you're small to when you're old and it's something that has to be reviewed yeah i want every girl out there who has not told their story or was thinking about it or doesn't ever want to i want you to know that i believe you yeah because i felt like people would never believe a thing i said i want them to know i believe you and i hear you i'll fight for you i can't stress it enough that i just want to support these people and i kind of opened my eyes listening to podcasts and your podcasts and dakota johnson from the 50 shades of gray okay she started a podcast called the left ear Uh and it basically is a hotline for women to call and tell their story on a voicemail oh like no talking back you just tell your story so a while ago i clicked on it and i started listening to it and i started crying like it's hard to know how many women and men out there Mm -hmm. this happens to and they don't tell their story exactly and it just goes to show you if i have to be one of those numbers in the stats Mm -hmm. i will yeah because it happens so often and nobody wants to talk about it gosh and i can only imagine how difficult it's been and i'm so sorry that that's happened to you i mean i i wanted to protect everybody but me yeah. And I think that when I look back, it goes to show, like, that's who I am. I'll yeah. put everybody in front of me. Yeah. It's not supposed to be like that. I wish I never was in that situation because yeah. the way I respond to physical acts of really anything is, is different. Yeah. I have PTSD, right? That doesn't really ever go away. Yeah. It's something that will just kind of come up when it wants to, and you go back to therapy, you kind of deal with it. I mean, I have a my boyfriend. He knows it all. He mm-hmm. hears it all. But I still, I have these such boundaries yeah. and huge ones that yeah. he has to listen to me. Yeah, of course. Or else I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Don't ever want to feel pressured into anything. No. And just that in itself, like pressure to make a decision. Right. Pressure to change my mind. Uh-huh. That makes me feel so bad and yeah. so vulnerable. Because it's like, this is what I decided and now you want me to... And now you want me to change my mind? No. (laughs) And then I'm going to feel guilty about it anyway because I want to please you and I want to protect you. And so I just, I have to separate that sometimes. It's hard. The people in my life, you know, it's been really hard on them because I've been in rough places and I've been in good places and I've been in the freaking dirt. Yeah. And they had to learn and grow with me and help me. Mm Mm-hmm. It was super weird and super tough, and I never (laughs) thought it would happen, let alone another assault later in my life to kind of drag everything up. Right. Boys, men, if you're listening, go watch that cup of tea video. Right. If you haven't seen it or you have, it's always good to remind yourself that if I had a cup of tea and you didn't want a cup of tea, I wouldn't pour it down your throat. And I wouldn't put it in front of you and be like, well, here it is anyway. It's just not how it works. Yeah. It's a good watch. It's such a small example, <laughs> but it's so impactful. Very. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share from today? Well, I'd like to reiterate, I believe you. Whether or not you share your story with your mom or your dad yeah. or anybody, I believe you. You can share it with Alex. Yeah, you can share it with me. I'll <laughs> listen. I want to be a resource in ways, maybe not right now, 
but yeah. an advocate I will always advocate for you I will protect you like I will punch anybody in the face <laughs> if it's not for me yeah. like I'm the protector <laughs> you're so cute I went to a psychic one time and she told me that I was a great protector and I had oh. no idea what that meant yeah as I grow and as I get older I'm like oh yeah <laughs> that's me you take something from my friends I will come and find you <laughs> maybe awesome. not actually but that's how I'm carrying my attitude yeah and if someone wants to reach out to you where can they find you like instagram or yeah they can find me on instagram it's alex hope underscore one and you know my name now you know you know what i've actually been dealing with and don't judge your book by its cover no ever because all of this stuff can just float under and nobody will ever know people go through hard stuff in their lifetimes and they don't tell anybody so carry kindness with you yeah and just remember to be open-minded and if that's hard for you then step back and take a minute and think you know what could they be dealing with yeah the possibilities are endless but it just goes to show you that if you take kindness and you be a nice (laughs) be a nice (laughs) human you guys and active listen if you know what that means active listening you know body language tone and behavior how you use your tone I don't know learn learn for yourself educate for yourself Mm -hmm. because you never know when somebody wants to tell you something and you know being a shoulder for somebody to tell ear for somebody to listen that makes all the difference sometimes well thank you so much for sharing this today and I hope you feel really good about it thank you for having me and thank you again for lending me (laughs) your wonderful platform thank you you're always welcome (laughs) thank you you're welcome Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening from, that would be awesome. And I would love to hear from you over on Instagram at Lisa Nicole Music. I'll see you next week.